believe Heather and Barbara has a special this morning.
There's a very beautiful display of the talent I didn't get. <laughs> if you will, open your Bibles this morning to Matthew 5. This morning, uh, our sermon is going to be on the Beatitudes. And as I read through those, it always strikes me at how blessed I am as a Christian. And you know, the world we live in today is, is a consumer world. Everything uh, out there, people want, people need, people have to have. But as the song says, and as it was sung this morning, uh, when you look at others with, the, with their land or gold, think that, think that Christ has promised wealth untold. Count your many blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings that money cannot buy. You know, that's a beautiful song, and I may have messed up on the lyrics a little bit, but that is so true. When we think about what Christ has given us, when we think about the blessings that we have in Christ, we have blessings beyond belief. And you know, this morning I want to talk about three points. First of all, I am blessed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am blessed through His promises. And I'm also blessed through His encouraging words along my way. As we take off reading, uh, we see that uh, in verse 5, And seeing the multitudes, He went up into a mountain, and when He was set, His disciples came unto Him. And He opened His mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This morning I want to look at this in in light of us as Christians, us as followers of Christ, because that's who Jesus was talking to. He was talking to His disciples. First of all, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now we need to realize that, first of all, this poor in spirit is not pocketbook empty. It's spiritual empty. And if you think of all of us in relation to God, we are spiritually poor. As Isaiah says it, all our righteousness is as filthy rags. When it comes to offering God something spiritually, we are as broke as we can be. When we realize that God is perfect and we are spiritually empty, is when we come, and that's what we come to when we measure up with God. Those type of people who realize that are the kind of people that get the kingdom of heaven. When we realize that, hey, I'm not righteous enough to go in the sight of God. I need righteousness. And we seek after it through His Son, Christ Jesus. How blessed we are that Christ would give us His life so that we could obtain righteousness before the Father. You know, the poor in spirit have a sense of humbleness when it comes before God because they see that they have nothing to contribute to receiving the kingdom of heaven. You know, I get tickled at, uh, you know, most of you know Daddy had a big role in the baseball here in uh, Hamburg, and I get tickled when we would see the little t-ball players come up there, and they've never played baseball in their life, but they'd come up there fully decked out, sign-up day, 
mind you. They would come up in their full uniform, in their pants, in their socks, in their cleats. They're ready to play, but it's just sign-up day. And, you know, you think they want to show you they are capable of playing. They want to show you they look right for the job. But their father pays the sign-up fee. (laughs) And you know that's exactly what God did. We can try as hard as we want to, to look like a Christian, to be like a Christian, to amount to anything to God, but will never amount to anything to God except through His Son, the payment He gave. Next, we see in verse 4, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. You know, we should grieve over the moral decay of the world we live in today. We should grieve over those that we've lost. There's a time for mourning. And even Christ, in very significant verse in the Bible that most of us know, uh, John eleven thirty five, it says, Jesus wept at the tomb of Lazarus. But oh, the comfort that the gospel brings to those in times of trial. You know, if we grieve about the world we live in, the moral decay that we live in, we can realize through the gospel that this world is not my home. We can realize that those that we've lost, even though we mourn for them, that we will see them again that side of heaven. All these are examples of comfort, but what comforts me the most is when I was a little child, I knew that even though I was born a sinner, I had a father that loved me. He loved me enough to send his son to die for me and to die for my sins. That is the kind of comfort that only the gospel can bring. I may mourn for pain and the sin of this world, but it is a comfort to know that's only for a short time. Because in heaven there will be no more pain and no more tears for mourning. But not only am I blessed through the gospel of Jesus Christ, but I'm blessed through His promises. I'm blessed through the many promises that He gives us. Look at uh, our text, Matthew 5 and Verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. We, we need to realize at this point the people that Jesus was talking to. They had that Israel mindset and they knew that earth or land was significant. It showed they had a possession. It showed they had a sense of placement. It showed that they had security, and it also showed that they had an inheritance from God. Meek people are not weak people. You may say that meek, a meek person, he turns the other cheek, or a meek person does whatever, but he's not a weak person. Meek people are those that wholly rely on God, and not the ways of this world. Numbers 12 verse 3 shows us a meek person. It says, Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men 
which were upon the face of the earth. And to describe this to you, I want you to realize what Moses went through. He was born into a very, well, back, he was adopted into a very rich society, the Pharaoh's house. He left there, ran away, lived very poor with the shepherd, or he shepherd flocks. And then Moses, he saw a, as he took the people out of Egypt, he saw a Red Sea split. He saw manna fall from heaven. He saw all these things that God did. And the point I'm trying to get across is even though Moses was very meek, what it means to be meek is to wholly rely on the Lord. Wholly rely on Him for the food that He received, for the passage He received through the Red Sea. And we can just look at all the great things God did for Moses and realize what it means to be meek. It means to wholly rely on God. And then we we go down another verse and it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. To those who desire to be like Christ and follow after Him, that's possible. To those who strive to live a blameless life, we can be blameless before the Father. But it's not of ourselves, it's of the grace of God. What a promise we are also told when we seek God, we can find Him in Proverbs 8.17. If we seek righteousness, we must seek Christ. Because that is our righteousness. Romans 3 clearly explains this. In verse 22 it says, Even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. When we seek righteousness, we must seek Christ. And when we seek Christ, we will be filled. Also, to the merciful... It says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. You know, it's, it's easy to show something when we've been shown something. To make that more clear, when Christ shows us mercy, it's easy to show mercy. In uh, Jude, verse 21, we can see that Christ will show us mercy. It says, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. It's easy to show mercy because I know at the end of my days, whenever I enter into the kingdom of God, into heaven, I will be shown mercy. I will obtain something that I do not deserve. And that's mercy. It also says, Blessed are the pure in heart, 
for they shall see God. You know, that pure in heart has to do with single-mindedness. To have one focus. The heart in the Bible is used for the choices of a man. If you've ever heard the expression, follow your heart. Follow the choice that you feel best. But we are warned in Jeremiah 17 that the heart is deceitful. Proverbs 4. We need to look over there at Proverbs 4 and 23. It says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth and a perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. You see, when we talk about the heart, we're talking about a focus. We're talking about a focus. Walking in the light as Christ is in the light is a way of gaining a pureness of heart. A focus on Him. And it is a great promise to know that as we walk and strive for righteousness in this life, we will one day see the pure and perfect one in flesh in heaven. Also, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Several times uh, through the Bible, we see the phrase, God of peace. It's also, uh, a lot of times, we see it coincidentally with the God of love and peace. We see those together. But if you know one thing about God, I hope you know this, that Philippians 4, 7 states, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ. We take the peace in knowing who we are in Christ. Who are we in Christ? We are His sons and daughters. And we can share the peace He offers to the world. Uh, but also, not only am I blessed by the gospel of Christ, not only am I blessed by the promises of Christ, but I am blessed along my walk with Christ. If you will read in uh, verse 10 through 12 with me, it says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you, and revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven, for so persecute they the prophets which were before you. I want to break this verse down. It says, revile you. And that means to take away your honor, to humiliate you. But, see, the reason I want to compare this is because we see this next phrase, they that persecute you. You see, there's a difference between persecuting and reviling, and I wanted to bring that out. Persecute, persecute means put to fight, force to defend. And whenever we are forced to defend 
Christ. And when we are forced uh, to be humiliated for His sake, He says, Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward. Rejoice and exceedingly glad. Have joy. Be happy about it. James 1-2 is a controversial uh, subject. How can we be... uh, how can we be persecuted? How can we be reviled but still be happy about it? James 1-2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, whenever you're pressured, whenever you've got the temptations of this world, whenever you are persecuted or reviled, have joy because it's not the end. Great is your reward in heaven. We also see that not only great is your reward, but back In verse 10 it says, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's the second time that we see this phrase mentioned in the Beatitudes. And the point of the phrase is to show we are not worthy of heaven, but we are blessed to be going there and to call this world a temporary home. No matter what kind of persecution or revilement I'm going through, I got heaven to look forward to. And great is my reward when I get there. There's a passage I think about whenever I think about the Beatitudes and I think about all that's going on there. And it's Philippians 3, verses 14 through 16. It says, And above all these things put on charity. That's Colossians. Philippians 3, verse 14. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect. We said that we are poor in spirit. How can we be perfect? We are trusting in Christ. But as many as be perfect, be thus minded. Well, what did we say about the mind? Focused, pure in heart. Be thus minded. Have one focus. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Even if you don't have the right focus and you seek after God, He can reveal it to you. Nevertheless, Whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Paul is trying to tell us that let's have a focus in life and let's be about serving the Father. We have already obtained heaven if we trust and have faith in Christ. And great is our reward when we get there. So let's strive in this life. To serve Him. To inherit the earth. To be filled. To obtain mercy. To see God. To be called His child. To enter the kingdom of heaven. And to have great rewards when I get there. There is a life worth striving for. I don't know about you, but when life gets me down and I think of all the things around me and I think, oh, how pitiful. I'm reminded of... David in Psalms 23.1 The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. To me, 
that breaks it all down. Because in the midst of his despair, in the midst of what David was going through, he says, I don't want. And all the blessings that we have in Christ, we should find ourselves content and know that this is not the end. As the song leader comes this morning for a hymn of invitation, do you know the Savior that filled me? Do you know the Savior that has blessed me? Do you know the Savior of the world? If not, there's nothing you can do to inherit eternal life except through Him and have faith in Him. That's it. To have faith in Him is the only way to enter into heaven. Do you know Him this morning?